Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Good morning and welcome to Red Sea Roundup. I'm your host, Judy Como, here in the station at St. Mary's Catholic Center in Bryan College Station. I welcome our listeners from all over Central Texas here. Uh, just reminding our listeners right off the bat that we are live today. It's a beautiful morning of May, May 23rd. Um, it's a live show. We've got so many things to talk about. And just a heads up to our Waco listeners, um, you'll be hearing your hometown guy, Kyle Sincouli. Is that right? That is absolutely correct. Absolutely. Kyle Sincouli, Catholic I'm, musician. I'm here. Extraordinary. Uh, we're graced by our station manager and our head guy in charge. Dennis Maka, Thaddeus Romanski. Good morning, Judy. Wonderful roundtable here. Morning, Judy. Here. Morning, Dennis. Good morning, Thaddeus. And the sun Group beaming hug. in. Group oh. hug. Yeah. Beautiful month of May. Lots of things happen in May in uh, our world, the Catholic world. It's a always honor Mary. Um, we typically hear a lot about uh, transitions of pastors being moved from one place to the other. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes, but we got some big news of our Blessed Mother, right, Thaddeus? Yeah, it was uh, month of May is Our Lady's month, and we obviously have very, you know, pretty traditional things like May crowning. Yes, had that over at St. Anthony's last the, week, two weeks as my ago. Fi- almost five-year-old Matthew likes to say, the first communicids got to... Uh, <laughs> do the May crowning, and our daughter just had her first communion, so she was a part of that. Um, that's one of my new favorite phrases, the, the first communion kids. Yeah. Um, like but there's also the new, uh, a new Marian feast that was declared by the, the Holy Father, I think at the end of, towards the end of last year, and um, that's Mary, Mother of the Church, and that's wonderful that we, very providential that we had our benefit dinner last year here in, in Bryan College Station, and it was Mary, Mother of the Domestic Church. And now here we have this new feast, Mary, Mother of the right. Church. Riding now, on the yeah, Pope uh, Francis, the wings I tell you, is listening to Pentecost, us. And uh, now we, we always, <laughs> of course he is. We always know the day after Pentecost now is going to be this beautiful Marian feast day. Yeah. And uh, in mentioning that uh, feast day, Thaddeus and I were talking this morning. So uh, we have a special guest on the line, his uh, wonderful wife, Robin. Are you here, Robin? I am. Good, Good morning. morning, my friend. Hi. How are you doing? Lovely to talk to you this morning. That's awesome. Great. Well, uh, in talking about this feast day, Thaddeus had the idea that uh, y'all could really share how your day <laughs> progressed uh, through this beautiful Marian feast day, and uh, so y'all. Yeah, well, it's it was a it was a fun way of uh, living the liturgical year in the home, 
And to be honest, the only reason I knew that it was Mary, mother of the church that day is because <laughs> I get Bishop Barron's gospel reflection in my do. email and I try to read it every morning, first thing, but I Just don't for, always do for it. For our listeners' sake, Thaddeus kind of thinks that they're BFFs or something, he, he and Bishop Barron, because he... I'm a big fan of his, oh, yes. Uh, and fan-worthy that he is. Very uh, much so. No, it's great. Um, and so he he happened to lead off that gospel reflection with the fact that it was this new Marian feast. And I thought, Oh wow, it's okay, cool. Um, so I went down and we started, Robin and I were talking about it and then babe, why don't you take it from there? Mm-hmm. Next. Sure. I had like Thaddeus, I, I do get Bishop Barron's daily reflections in my inbox along with maybe, I don't know, half a dozen other, sure. <laughs> um, you know, Catholic, or homeschooling uh, suggestions for the season or the you know the liturgical year, and I had seen some things earlier that I had flagged or saved. I homeschooled our children, so I try to kind of keep things that I want to use for living out the liturgical year in our, our domestic church um, kind of on my computer, not as organized as Thaddeus would like it to be, um, but. But it's because it it's yours. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's mine. That's right. <laughs> and uh, he mentioned that. And I thought, oh, yes, I have some things, you know, that I save, but I had forgotten that that's today, you know. Um, so thanks to Thaddeus, he got my wheels turning. And I, I don't know. I like to celebrate things in the house, in the home with them. I think falling back on Bishop Barron's um, wisdom, I really do try to expose the children to the beauty of Catholicism, of our, you know, Christianity. Um, and so I think celebrating is good for young children because celebrations are fun. They are. Um, and they like the, all the things that that, you know, those images that that stirs up. So I try to, um, try to have live that out at home and find reasons to celebrate when we, when we have them. Anyhow. So I started thinking about, well, what can we do? And, you know, a lot of times I feel like I want it perfect and I want to have everything just so, and then maybe because it can't be perfect, it's not, I, I don't follow through or, and so I've been trying in this season of life with the children, the ages they are to just, just in the imperfections still, still expose them to the beauty and just do what we can do. And it turned out wonderfully. Their their baseball games were rained out Monday like I was hoping for <laughs> <laughs> secretly. Um, and we had earlier in the day, we're doing a craft for Mary, Mother of the Church. It was just a simple coloring page with um, a sketch of Mary with people in her um, arms, like the church people. And then we put and a picture of the church or a coloring of the church building kind of covering that. And then it can open up and expose the people on the inside, but they're all in like in marriage protection. Um, and so we did that. And then we lit, we had some of our, our Marian votive candles and we put them next to our 3d um, St. Peter's Basilica puzzle all in front of, you know, a big Marian image that we have in the living room. Um, we cut some lilies out of the garden, sort of out of the flower bed outside and, and had those flowers. And anyhow, 
you know, kind of plan those things prep during the day. Um, the children have just started piano, the older two, and they have this lovely piano teacher, Diane, Diana Steelman, who of course <laughs> she is not Catholic, but she has ordered them some Catholic um, hymns, some books with Catholic hymns for beginners and our early pianists. So they have been playing Immaculate Mary all month because they just got that book. And so they're perfecting that. And they were working on Sing of Mary so that we could have those hymns. And we got to have them play um, a verse for us to sing before each decade of the rosary that night after dinner. So it was really lovely. Um, and it just it sort of fell together that way. Mary had that happen for us. She sure did. <laughs> and we did a neat thing after yeah. dinner. We sat around and we talked about what five mysteries would, would we pick that best reflect Mary, mother of the church, picking from any of the sets of, of, of mysteries, 20 mm-hmm. mysteries. And we, we talked about why, and we came up with a list of the five mysteries. And Did the we, visitation make it? No, it oh, didn't. Oh, it's my favorite. We, and then we prayed those mysteries, and the children played little bits of Immaculate Mary in between the, the wow. decades. Um, and Andrew, of course, the two-year-old, the, the two-year-old was you know wa- walking around the whole time, and Matthew, the four-year-old, was kind of in and out of it, and it was wonderful. So what were the mysteries that we ended up choosing, babe? Well, you know, they each got to tell, you know, put their plug in for a mystery that they wanted or mysteries they thought were important. We ended up with um, the Annunciation because of Mary Fiat, and that was essential to her now being mother of the church. Um, then we went to the wedding at Cana, Sadius, mm-hmm. is that it? Mm-hmm. Um and how that's illustrative of her uh, intercessory power for us and that she's the mediator, you know, of the church and Christ. And then our third mystery, I wrote them down, but I'm not looking at them in front of me. That's still downstairs. Um, do you remember Thaddeus? We did. Um, we picked the crucifixion. Because right. at the foot of the cross, she gives, he gives Mary to John and John to Mary, and that's the that's the beginning of the church. And we picked Pentecost, and we right. picked the crowning of Mary as Queen of Heaven and Earth. That's right. Yes. And so and I don't know right. if so if there was a sixth mystery, it could be the visitation. We we we, <laughs> we actually didn't the mis- the visitation didn't even surface didn't as one not. of the mentioned. No, I'm sorry, Judy. It's okay. Sorry, Judy. It's quite all right. But you can do that. <laughs> You and Keith can do that next, right? Because we like to play six next mysteries year. in our. <laughs> you can do that next year. You can come up, You can pick your own list. Oh, so it's, right. that's our, our such a beautiful. Really wanted the scourging at the pillar. Yeah, he was trying to work that in. Know, work that in, um, and another one that was the Assumption of Mary um, was also one that was getting votes. Well, there's no slouch in the group, yeah. so we're. Uh, uh, I'm completely in awe and amazed at uh, the way your day played out and how y'all honored our blessed mother. And uh, I'm sure this is, uh, you need to write this up and publish it. It's a good thing. <laughs> Thank you. It it really just came together that way. We didn't intend on that conversation at dinner, but 
I guess because you know we were intentional and absolutely and talking it's about so beautiful. our days. Um, it it came together, and I think we finished the rosary and tucked the kids into bed, and it was later than most people, you know, would want to hear about children going to bed, but we looked at one another and, and felt like, wow, we're so blessed. That was just such a beautiful, remarkable. Um, well, thank you. Thank you, honey. Once again, you make me look, you make me look good. And thank you for being on the radio with, with us this morning. And I love you. You're, you're welcome. I love you. You guys have a great day. Great. Okay. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye. That's a wow thing. That was beautiful. Very great uh, honoring of our Blessed Mother. Um, as we mentioned, another thing that occurs in our diocese um, in the month of May is some transitions of pastors from one place to the other. Um, here at St. Mary's, uh, Father Ryan Higdon announced uh, probably a couple of weeks ago that he was uh, leaving, uh, didn't say where he was going at the time. And that's uh, very typical when a priest is leaving here. Uh, they want to make it known while the students are still here. Mm -hmm. And that's why that was announced a little bit earlier. But we uh, did have a, re have a remarkable uh, way of finding out about a, a new change here locally. And um, thanks to technology and Facebook Live, we were able to share this clip um, with our listeners. I was assigned as a priest to St. Anthony's Catholic Church here in Bryan. I was the associate there to Mount Senior Malinowski, and it was five wonderful, wonderful years with me. I had no responsibility, I had no commitment. He did it all, and it all landed in his lap when something went wrong. <laughs> Until August 1st, 1985, I received a phone call from the bishop, and he asked, he told me, go to St. Joseph's, and the key is on the back table. And I have been at St. Joseph's going on 33 years now. Last November, I turned 70, and it is possible to retire. And I thought about it, and I called up the bishop, and I said, Bishop, would you let me stay at St. Joseph's if I retire? And he said, yes, I think that'd be a good idea, and I'll try to find someone that can live with you there. <laughs> and uh, I am going to be, the, uh, the new priest is coming in on July the 6th. Many of you know him. He's from St. Joseph's Parish. Father Steve Souser will be the new pastor at St. Joseph's Church. And I am going to be the new priest. I'm going to be able to do the baptisms, the weddings. I'm going to do what a priest does. He can take care of all the finances, all the maintenance, all the problems will be on his shoulders. <laughs> July the 6th, new pastor, new priest. Thank you. And perhaps I didn't give him a proper introduction. That was the voice of our... Uh, beloved pastor of St. Joseph's Church, Monsignor John McCaffrey, uh, announcing his own uh, retirement, but uh, the beautiful blessing of remaining here. And as he mentioned, uh, his replacement is going to be Father Steve Souser, uh, known to here locally um, 
and that's very exciting. Um, it's going to be a great transition. Here locally in Bryan College Station. Correct. For those of you who know me and know where I am locally, <laughs> thank you, Thaddeus. Uh, for our listeners in the Waco and beyond area, uh, we now know that Father Ryan Higdon is going to transfer to St. Louis in Waco, mm-hmm. and his replacement here at St. Mary's is going to be Father Greg Ger- Gearhart. 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 Baby. Good old Aggie. St- still a There's baby a priest. Local, local yeah, boy. He graduated from Aggie. A&M in 09. Whoop. So yeah. uh, got an Aggie coming back here. He'll be the parochial, parochial vicar here. I'm, ha- I'm, I'm stumbling over these words that I know very well because <laughs> I have some real challenges coming up. Here you go. Get that, to it. Um, uh, Father Ryan will be taking uh, Father John Guzaldo's place at St. Mary's in Waco. Father John will be taking Father James Ikiocha. There you go. At St. Luke's in Temple. Father James Ikiocha will be taken, and here it comes, folks. Father Rakshaganathan. Rakshaganathan. That's a little more. That's the first name. That's right. Selvara. Oz. Selvaraz. I can't do it. <laughs> they all call him Father Raj <laughs> at St. Jerome's. That's right, at St. Jerome's. And Hewitt. And we don't know where he's going. Not yet. Yet. But, uh, we'll find that out soon. Just to mention uh, some of the wonderful priests that we have here in our diocese uh, moving around, and uh, we asked our listeners to uh, keep keep our priests in, in your prayers daily, whether they're being moved or not. Um, we are so human, and we focus only on how that those moves affect us. And uh, they are the ones that are moving possibly to a city they've never even set foot in and mm-hmm. don't know where the post office is. And, and associates the, are going to be announced probably this upcoming weekend, mm-hmm. the changes that will be coming. And soon after that, the newly ordained will be getting their assignments. And so, yeah, it's June, May and June is yeah, a time of, the of rhythm of the, the diocese here. Yeah. Uh, I think what's beautiful about Monsignor John's remarks are that saying mass, doing baptisms, saying funerals, visiting the sick, that's what he loves to do as a priest. And those other things, those administrative things, are a burden. They're not easy. He does them anyway. He does them joyfully, but it's not what his favorite thing to do. So... Can I quote let's him? Be, let's be... Uh, I'm going to quote him and not imitate him. He he uh, <laughs> actually said... In, I'm not going to dare try that. He uh, he actually said, um, it's not that I'm too old and can't do the job. It's too old. I'm not. I'm too old and I don't want to do the job. <laughs> he, he's tired. Of parish administrator. Of administrating. Yeah. So he's, yeah. he's ready to be able to serve the people in his yeah. priestly role. And, uh, such a beautiful transition for him, as he mentioned early on in his assignment here, that he was at St. Anthony's with Monsignor John Malinowski, um, who was out at our St. Anthony's Bazaar, our 64th annual bazaar last weekend. And, um, you know, while they were both there at St. Anthony's, we would say Big John and Little John. Yeah. Um, and so we're just so blessed here to have those two icons of of the priesthood and uh, uh, blessed here in the in the Brazos Valley. 
Well, keep all room. priests and, and associates, uh, priests, pastors and associates into your prayers. Keep Red Sea Radio in your prayers, if you don't mind, folks, right and before break. And speaking of things we yes. don't want to do, but but what we have yeah, to do. What we have to is we have to tell you that there is a need. Fiscally, there is a need for Red Sea Catholic Radio to play catch up on our monthly donations. If you've been listening to the radio, you've been hearing the announcements lately that we are at $3,500 per month deficit. It's shrunk down to thirty-four twenty-five, and this week we're going to be changing that announcement to about thirty-one eighty. So we've made about two hundred plus two hundred fifty dollars a month in improvements. But if you are out there listening and can appreciate the the joy and the the gift that Red Sea Catholic Radio is in your life, please, of any amount, a monthly or even a one-time gift to help us with our bills. We are in a, a pretty urgent need right now to be able to pay our finances. So. As you listen and appreciate and love Red Sea Catholic Radio, keep us in your prayers and keep us, as Mother Angelica says, in between your light and in your gas bill and uh, to help keep our bills uh, paid here at Red Sea Catholic Radio. Why don't we go to break? Because I cannot wait to hear from Kyle Sincouli. Sincouli. Stick with us, folks. Bumper music, it's for a good intentional reason. The name of that song is I Am. It's from Kyle Sakuli's debut album, Walk With Me. And I'd like to welcome Kyle to the show. Good morning, Kyle. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Oh, greetings and salutations from here in Bryan and College Station. Um, for our listeners uh, more in the Waco area, this name might sound very familiar. Uh, Kyle is a singer-songwriter from West Texas, West, comma, Texas, uh, to clarify that my run-on sentences. Well, welcome, Kyle. How are you doing today? 
I'm doing well. Awesome. Well, we've been uh, texting and emailing and using a lot of technology to get this interview set up. And I'm so excited. Um, I met Kyle uh, about a month ago at the Benefit in Waco for the station there and here, there and everywhere. It all came together today. So, um, Kyle, um, introduce yourself and... uh, kind of lay out a little story of why we're actually talking today. All right. So I am from West Coma, Texas, <laughs> um, home of the best Kalanchis in Texas. No doubt about uh, it. No argument here. Oh, yeah. And um, I I grew up um, in a pretty musical household and grew up um, at St. Mary's Church of the Assumption in West. And uh, a little longer on, I started a uh, youth band um, after picking up the guitar, and that led me to writing some music. Um, then that music brought me um, brought me all over the country, and um, uh, came to Waco to uh, get a job at a church reading worship, um, and ended up. Uh, widening my contacts that way, um, and and uh, got to um, be uh, serving people, uh, serving youth, and now I am exiting that job, and um, I am back at St. Mary's and West, and um, I got to meet you through uh, the. Red Sea Radio, which um, I really like to listen to every day. That's how we got on. Very good. Um, I want to remind our listeners that we are live on the radio and we would welcome uh, a call in with a question or a comment for Kyle and um, or about anything about the radio. We'd welcome a call and you could reach us at 85 Love Red Sea which is my least way favorite way of putting the number out there because then you have to actually look for what red C and so those numbers are 855-683-7332. And uh, Kyle, you mentioned in your um, little bullet point email to me that you uh, grew up in a, a home where one parent was is Baptist and one is Catholic. Is that accurate um, uh, no but both of my parents are um catholic oh and, i uh, see what you mean now and ha- half of my family um is baptist and so i was raised to where when i spent time with my um mother's parents we went to their church sometimes and um when i was at home you know during the, during the school year um we would go to uh st mary's but so I, I was very fortunate to see both sides of, um, or two different sides of Christianity that way. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> had an opportunity to, Matt Marr came here and performed at a, at a St. Thomas Aquinas church. And you had an opportunity for a little meet and greet. And at the time he was uh, touring um, second to uh, a Protestant group, and in the praise and worship uh, 
Christian music scene is usually mostly dominated by a Protestant non-denominational. And so the question kind of arose of, you know, how to how that impacts his music and his witness uh, as a Catholic performer. And um, as you related, you experienced that before you were a performer because you were were raised that way. Um, Does that contrast or uh, how it uh, both both faiths coming together. Uh, how do how is how is that related in in the music that you write and perform? Right, uh, that's a good question. So in in the music that I write, I I am not necessarily writing to a specific audience. Um, especially now, um, when I was writing that the uh, first EP, the first album. Um, those were more songs that were ref- were reflections inward, and and how the gospel and how scripture related to my life, you know, from all the experience and years that were leading up to that, um, writing those songs. Um, but I I I never really wanted to write to any specific audience and um, leave certain people out or seclude certain people mm-hmm. um, very uh, ecumenical in a sense that way um, to use a big word for it but just I, I like my um, I like music by um, all kinds of different artists um, and I find that most of the uh, Catholic churches that um, do the very few of them that do lead um, contemporary music um most of the songs that they're singing are are either from um matt Maher or a majority of them are from uh these protestant or non-denominational artists mm-hmm. um we uh i've been stalking you on facebook uh <laughs> to help prepare me for this interview and we we have some favorites uh in common uh you mentioned all sons and daughters david crowder band Beth Alive, uh, some of my favorites uh, to sing and play and to listen to also. Um, and so you said that you're back at St. Mary's, uh, St. Mary of the Assumption. Are you leading liturgy now there? Or um, what, what's, um, what does that mean? So, <laughs> so that when I... Um... A few years ago, I actually moved out of um, my home, my parents' house, and uh, moved to Waco um, and started a job at a Baptist um, church in downtown Waco. Um, It was a great opportunity for me to um, grow in leading praise and worship, and I've always um, worked with youth um, at St. Mary's. Um, We didn't we didn't have a youth program uh, that was very organized. And so um, a group of my friends and I, um, really how I started on the path of wanting to do um, music full-time, um, we started a little youth band and um, we got to play at uh, you know church picnics um, and then were asked to lead for um, the local um 
uh, Baptist church and, um, you know, like after football, uh, high school football games. Mm -hmm. And um, we got to do that. And then um, once they left for college, I was asked to, um, we we would play at Wednesday Mass. um, And once they left, um, I was still doing Wednesday Mass, but I got asked to uh, lead for the um, First Baptist Church in West. And I did that for um, about a half a year. And got to build up their um, worship team, which was great. Um, and then uh, when I got into high school, I wasn't um, leading very much um, anymore uh, music at church. I was still here and there, but um, I was writing songs and, and working on my music personally. But once that was, once the record was done, um, I was looking to get back into leading praise and worship, um, which is really where I um, really center myself. Um, I find that uh, songs really help me to uh, focus on on God and focusing on the lyrics um, of the songs. And so I got a job at the Baptist Church in Waco and um, have been there for about a year and a half Um or was there actually for uh, about a year and a half, almost two years. And um, my dad was a a director on a men's action treat and he wanted me to come out and um, serve on team with them. And so I got the opportunity to do that. And it was through that retreat that, um, and through listening to stuff like Catholic answers and, and reading books that I uh, made my way back into um, the Catholic Church and seeing the beauty of what I was overlooking um, mm-hmm. all those years before. And so now I'm back at St. Mary's and um, playing uh, music uh, during Mass uh, sometimes and uh, singing sometimes and playing man- mandolin a little bit, but Yep, that's where I'm at now with that. So, yeah. Well, I, um, I'm going to ask you to back up just a little bit, and then I want to walk through what you just talked about to, together again because it, it so resonates um, with a little bit of my. Uh, I don't, I don't want to call it a reversion. I never left the Catholic Church, but at a point a. Uh, where Christ Renews His Parish Retreat. Uh, for our listeners, uh, Kyle mentioned the Acts Retreat. Uh, if you're not familiar with that, it's a um, retreat uh, for, um, I suppose, renewal of the parish uh, that goes on uh, here in our diocese. But um, you, you mentioned in your bio um, that you, uh, in the seventh grade, you know, like many young guys uh really wanted to play football and um wanted to participate in sports but you you got sidelined oh yeah um yeah so when i was in the seventh grade um my parents didn't really want me to play football because it's uh dangerous i guess (laughs) uh so we hear and uh i I was never really good anyways but that's besides the point um i my career ended early, I guess you could say. Um, but, um, I learned that I had a heart 
um, disease that was um, hereditary from my dad, and um, that put me on put me on the bench um, permanently. Um, so, and it was at that without, time that I, music yeah, became without, a. Oh yeah, with so without time to focus on going to practice or, um, and I. I was never really uh I never really paid attention in school, so that was never really anything taking up any of my time. Uh, which go to go to school, kids, it's good. Um, yeah, you need it. Uh, but you know, ne- not really uh, wanting to focus on anything. I I picked up the guitar, which I had uh, kind of flirted with a little bit um, when I was younger, and um, picked it up and taught myself how to play a little bit and took some lessons. Um, and David Crowder was actually um, still in Waco at that time, and he had just come out with the song How He Loves mm. uh, by John Mark McMillan. And mm-hmm. um, I learned that song and played it at a school talent show, and that kind of kick-started everything. Oh, my goodness. What, one of my favorites. Um, he recently was here in uh, at College Station, and... It was as if you were just sitting in his living room. His um, demeanor and um, his his presentation of his songs, and he's he's so quirky. Uh, he's hilarious. But uh, that song in particular, um, you mentioned uh, learning more praise and worship, and how um, it your description of that uh, really resonates with me because. Um, as I told you, I'm 60 years old, so I'm not your typical praise and worshiper, <laughs> listen, listening, playing, performing. Uh, but it came to me um, at a time we had uh, a, we were a life teen parish about 24 years ago, and I was so privileged to be a part of the uh, our the band for life teen, and um, it praise and worship opened up. Um, a new level of relationship with Jesus to me that had uh, never, I mean, there are songs that I have sung throughout my whole life being Catholic, raised in a Italian Catholic uh, family that, that I, I, I love and I love to sing and all of that, but to connect it in with the Bible verse that it came from and that can just continue to be a part of your prayer throughout the day. Um, this morning I was, went for a walk and listening to some Lauren Daigle um, about revival and how that theme can just stick with you throughout the day. Um, it's, it's just, uh, you really put it well, how that opened up a, a door and it really resonated with me. Um, if, if it's okay with you, I'm going to play um, a clip from another song called The Promised Land, and then we can talk a little bit about that. All right. The sky burns many colors As the sun sets on the night Moon is singing low and full as it lights up my life. Oh, but it 
shadows In the darkness I'm afraid Wandering blind and barren by myself I need the sun to light my way I need the sun to light my way Send me a burning bush Give me a star in the sky If you're just joining our show, um, this is Red Sea Roundup, and I'm your host, Judy Como. I'm speaking with uh, up-and-coming artists from West Coma, Texas. That's going to be our statement, uh, Kyle Sakuli. And that uh, song was The Promised Land off of his um, breakout CD debut album, Walk With Me. Uh, Kyle, let's talk a little bit about uh, the basis of the song and where it came from and what I think it says. <laughs> and then you can tell me what you your uh, drive for writing this song. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> you tell me, and then I'll tell you. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, you mentioned uh, earlier in the program uh, of a time where you were away from the church. And um, I'm just wondering if the song has any relevance to that time or. Um, no, this song was written actually uh, when I was still at St. Mary's. Um, but it was written, I think, when I was like 15 or 16 years old. Um, and going through high school and dealing with. Um, Vices, you know, like, and a lot of my record, um, that record is centered around, um, really, uh, you know, seeing my sin on myself and then asking God for forgiveness and, and how, how that related to people in the Bible, like, like this song, uh, like Moses, and then with other songs like, like Saul, um, who became Paul, um, but at, 
being in high school and dealing with things like uh, alcohol, drugs, and and pornography, and and not um, not wanting to listen to your parents and and distancing um, yourself. And that song was was one of my um, ways to relate um, what I was going through to something that was in the Bible. So I see. Well. Um... <clears throat> amazed at the oh, a lot of the Old Testament uh, references in a lot of your music and uh, the line about uh, send me a burning bush. I mean, how many times have I cried out to the Lord? Uh, look, I, today I don't need obscure Jesus. I need this uh, neon light person in my life today that's uh, helping me, guide, guiding me, prompting me uh, in your statement of Send me a burning bush. Um, I really love that line. Um, so at your time away from the church came after that. I think you maybe mentioned uh, some of your friends went away to college. Um, tell me yeah, a little bit so about that time and um, your invitation to the Axe Retreat and how that changed your perspective. Right. So, um, growing up Catholic, um, I was never really exposed to, um, anything very charismatic within the church, Mm -hmm. um, meaning, um, anything that looked like what, um, like modern praise and worship, like, um, how the Holy Spirit bestows gifts of, of healing and of speaking in tongues, um, and, and of prophecy. And within the church, I never really knew what that was outside of that. Um, the closest thing that I found was, um, things like youth events, Mm -hmm. um, Catholic youth events where it was, it was like the Catholic faith was, um, I don't know, brought to the 21st century, I guess you could say. That may, may be my opinion as a young person, as a millennial. But um, I felt, that's what I was searching for. And the, the closest thing that I found to that was um, Protestantism. And so I felt it, by connecting um, with Jesus through music, you know, go to a church that, all they have is music, and so that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but the action treats I was involved in um, all through high school, and and was a sponsor as a young adult, and um, went um, did those and, and found those to be very very helpful and and very close to w- what my thought of church was, and um, and then going and joining um, Protestant churches and and seeing how they live their lives and and um, being very attracted to their openness um, to the Holy Spirit and and not being very routine um, was very attractive to me. Mm-hmm. I um, agree. And so I. After that, I had I had uh, kind of closed off certain things of well, why is the Catholic Church 
so sterile. And where can I find something that is similar to this? And um, I was talking with um, my dad, who's a spiritual director, and um, talking, who who was the director of the upcoming men's action retreat, and um, we we were talking about how we have to be um, the change that that drives the church into something that looks more like um, looks more like revival within the church, and will bring a bring people closer to the Holy Spirit um, with these things that people may not have been exposed to. Mm-hmm. And so through the retreat and um, through prayer and through um, reading um, and listening to uh, traffic radio, I um, made confession for the first time in what was two or two and a half years at that retreat and um, uh, received communion and um, was welcomed back into the church. Mm-hmm. Well, um I uh, resonate with a lot of what you're saying. Um, again, I experienced all of that at a much later age. I had uh, gone that route, um, got married uh, when I was 33, um, had my first child and moved back to my hometown and then had our second child and experienced all of this at a much later time. But the beauty of what you're saying and um, the connection of Typically, in youth ministry, uh, teens have the opportunity to experience both the beauty teachings of the Catholic Church surrounded by praise and worship music at events like DCYC or Steubenville, where we go from Mass to Eucharistic adoration and are involved in a total different worship than Mass. At Mass it's it's personal, but it's not private. It's we're we're a community, and we worship in that aspect, all center and focused on the source and summit, the Holy Eucharist, and in involved in adoration and um, whatever music it is uh, that's involved in it. Then you have that opportunity to um, experience the one-on-one me and Jesus and the praise and worship songs that bring you to that. And it's just a a beautiful, freeing event to be face-to-face with our Lord with music that resonates. And uh, for you to have that opportunity to lead that, I I can imagine, is uh, very important, uh, not only to yourself, because you have to be fueled by that, but to the people who are around you and uh, experiencing it along that lines, would you uh, agree with that? Oh, yes. And um, I, I, I think um, people within the Catholic Church and certainly people who are um, from a generation um, before mine may think that this style is only for youth and, and it just belongs there. But um, people like, uh, my friend uh, Jason Wall, he has a, uh, a Catholic music promotions company called Little Flower Events, and and he is bringing that um, to churches um, where it's Eucharistic adoration and then a praise and worship 
um, afterwards and, and during, and, um, and he's focusing on, um, ministering to people in their thirties to their fifties. And, and I think that it, you know, certain styles of worship, um, should not just be for youth and for college kids. It should be for everyone. And, um, the openness to that is, is what really is, um, driving my ministry now. Yes, I, I agree wholeheartedly. We're, uh, coming to the tail end of our, our of the interview and I want to give you an opportunity to uh, tell our listeners how to get a hold of you how to listen to your music um, how to promote it and uh, anything last thing uh, opportunity for you to make sure you get something that you wanted to share with our listeners uh, before the okay, end of yeah. it so be um, sure to if, if you want to find my music um, you, it is in uh on most music providers, um, Spotify, uh, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, um, and the album is called Walk With Me, and it's my name, Kyle Sincouli. Um, and if you want to connect with me um, um, on social media, I'm very active on Instagram at Kyle S. Official. Um, and then I have a Facebook, but I'm not very active on it. Um, and then my website is... Um, kylesincouleymusic.wixsite.com um, and there I'll post um, where I'm playing and, and you can find pictures of me playing and, and, and other media um, but the way that really um, is a good way to um, help my ministry out is you know have a night where you invite out um, you can invite me out or have a night where you have your local musicians come and um, have a night of adoration and praise and worship and invite the parish to that. Um, and I think that if more parishes are open to the invitation of um, that style of worship and adoration, then um, I think we could see a lot of uh, revival and change within the hearts of people oh, in the Catholic Church. I agree uh, 100%. I've already got lots of plans uh, for you and me to be uh, together and something like that. We're very blessed here locally to have an ongoing event called Encounter. Uh, it's put on by Blaze Ministries here locally, and uh, I sure see uh, something in our future uh, that I've been talking about um, at St. Anthony's Parish. So um, we're going to we're going to exit the show uh, and play uh, a good portion of your song, Saul, that you mentioned and uh, ask you to hold on. Uh, and we're going to talk when when the show's over. So for our listeners, I want you to listen to this song, Saul. It's by Kyle Sakuli from his debut album, Walk With Me. I was dead in the grave. Buried in all my sin I was six feet under Life was a game I couldn't win But there was a fire 